Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Bud Elliott. That's Tom Fernelli. That's Danny Cannell. I'm Chip Patterson. The Big 12 is our next topic of conversation on the win total. So that means we will be going through from the top of the odds list to the bottom of the odds list. All the Big 12 schools. We're talking Iowa State, Oklahoma State, TCU, West Virginia, Baylor, Kansas State, Texas Tech, and Kansas, and no other teams. Eight teams in total, right? Yep. As far as I know. As far as, as, far as I've heard, those Did are the only expand? teams. Yeah, there's, I mean, you know, that Iowa State at nine and a half. I guess the Big 12 doesn't have a college football playoff contender. You know, well, it's, it's too bad. Uh, all right, okay, 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 okay. Joke, jokes are jokes. Uh, we'll begin um, first with uh, Oklahoma and Texas. Jokes, jokes, jokes. But are you all ready to count them up? Let's do it. As much as I think it's the, the under count is a safe up. play, like, I can't even. Count them up. I can't fathom who wins. How many kids are gonna win this fall? I just can't. I don't see it. It's not, it's not on there. It's not, not the schedule I'm looking at. Unless there's another schedule somewhere. And we begin with the Oklahoma Sooners and what I will uh, recklessly or boldly declare as the most anticipated year of the Lincoln Riley era. I think that while we were, you know, very excited about Lincoln Riley taking over and what we had seen from the quarterback position, this idea has been put in our head that Spencer Rattler representing the first one recruited by Lincoln, picked by Lincoln, developed by Lincoln, combine that with year three of Alex Grinch. And now the narrative, which has been sort of bubbling through the summer, now it's time to see if if we think that uh, it's going to play out on the field. The non-con for the Sooners, manageable, Tulane, on the road. Shout out to Oklahoma for traveling all the way down to New Orleans on the first week of the year. Western Carolina Catamounts, uh, then that Nebraska game. Lots of fun around that, if you remember. The home draw. And remember, all Big 12 teams play nine conference games, so everybody sees everybody. Home draw, West Virginia, TCU, Texas Tech, Iowa State. Road draw, Kansas State, Kansas, Baylor, Oklahoma State. Of course, Texas is a neutral over-under at Caesar Sportsbook is at 11, minus 110 to either side. What are we doing with the front-running Sooners? I'm going over. Uh, I suspect I'm going to get my money back on this. Uh, I, I think 11 is by far the most likely number here, but I do have 12 is more likely than 10. I like that they get the other top teams in the conference, in my opinion, uh, who, I mean, you can kind of guess at home. I think their road games are pretty manageable. The way they recruit plus the returning talent is not a normal not a normal combination we see in college football. Usually teams that recruit this well don't return that much returning experience because those guys are off to the NFL. They had some injuries last year. I think slowed them down early. Spencer Rattler got these growing pains. If for some reason he falters again, they do have Caleb Williams, who's very, very talented. And I, I think they're just going to run this thing. Uh, you know, I, I, as I was going through my uh, – numbers here i'm with you i'm on the over because i do I'm, I'm i don't see him losing twice i could see him losing once so i feel like i'm pushing it worst and it's it's strange to pick an over on a total this high but it's where i'm going but there was a part of me that was like well maybe we should consider like how the big 12 kind of treated missouri and texas a&m after they announced that they'd been leaving like you know a lot of the close calls that season tended to go the other way but then i was thinking well missouri and texas a&m weren't playoff contenders and I don't see the Big 12 trying to screw Oklahoma over when Oklahoma is its best playoff chance and getting that, you know, getting getting the money from that. So, yeah, over 12. I think I think they're probably going 12 and 0. Yeah, I've got push insurance. 
written on my notes right here. I just, I don't see, you know, the, the non-con should be easy, easy wins. And then as I'm like, even looking at, uh, you know, Iowa state, I still think that Oklahoma is might be two touchdowns better than Iowa state with that game playing uh, at home. I think Oklahoma is going to be way ahead of Texas. It would take, uh, even for some of the dangerous teams that are in the big 12, like you mentioned, the home road split's pretty good. So ditto, I'm, I'm on the over 11. This team lost two games last year. I know. Right? Everybody's aware yeah. of it? They always mm-hmm. lose one regular season game. They're good for one regular season loss, but two, I don't know. I'm on the over two. Uh, <laughs> I was just trying to make a little bit of drama here. I don't – so I have concerns about Spencer Rattler, not as a player, but – leadership, intangibles, especially with name, image, and likeness and potentially that creating some issues. But I don't think it matters. I, you do not like him, but this system has been proven. And if anything happens to him, or if he struggles again, like he did last year, Lincoln Riley's not afraid to make a change. And he's got a better quarterback behind him. Which you may have a really good point about that. But I do still think what I look for, uber-talented teams – that are going to be invested for 12 games the whole way throughout. Not teams that are a little bit over, told how great they're going to be this offseason. I know Oklahoma's receiving some love, but think about this. We've all, there are going to be a lot of darling Iowa State picks to make the playoff, to win the Big 12. This is their year. Matt Campbell's on the rise. What do we tell Oklahoma about their bowl game last year? Ah, you might have beat Florida, but no one was there. It didn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, I think this team, if I was them and I was Lincoln Riley, I think they're irritated. I think they're mad. I think they're focused. And what else have they been told? Oh, you guys can't win a playoff game. Can't win a playoff game. Like, I think this team has all the incentive in the world to run the table, and I think they do. And the schedule is the non-conference is guaranteed three wins. I know Nebraska fans won't like to hear that, but they're just not in the same stratosphere. And catching Iowa State, their closest competitor at home, I think is lock it up. Give me over. Texas Texas is the only loss there, right? And that would be just sort of the mystique of the rivalry and, you know, everything else going into it. Because if you're going to go to Kansas State, I don't think they lo- – I think it would be shocking for Oklahoma to lose to Kansas State two years in a row. See, I, I think they can lose to Texas or Iowa State. I just don't see them losing both. Correct. Right. Mm. How many games are going to win this fall? Which brings us to those Iowa State Cyclones. Over under win total at Caesars is at nine and a half. The non-con, you've got Northern Iowa, Iowa, and then at UNLV. The home draw in conference play, four home games, Kansas, Oklahoma State, Texas, and TCU. And then on the road, they've got to go to Baylor, Kansas State, West Virginia, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma. The returning production, the returning experience, uh, Matt Campbell, is back with a group that is uh, very much the um, the everything that he could have imagined and everything he could have sold three years ago trying to get Iowa State fans to believe in this five-star culture. Like, this is it. Like, you are being put to the test and whether or not your method can compete for championships and whether you can win at the highest level. So, uh, over, under at nine and a half, an Iowa State team that we've had a very intimate relationship with. Shout out to all you Cyclones fans riding with us all through the summer, which way are we going? I'll start. I'm going under. And I'm going to get called an Iowa State hater because I'm predicting Iowa State's going to go 9-3. and three. So think about that for a minute. We're, <laughs> Best we're, season they've ever had. Yeah, and we're going to be labeled as Iowa State haters. So it's... Listen, this is it's going to be a good Iowa State team. It might be the second best team in the conference. I don't think they're at the same level of Oklahoma, even though they beat Oklahoma last year. And you look at the schedule, like Iowa, always a tricky game for Iowa State. It's a rivalry. It's, it's a fun game. It's going to be tough. It's Even if Iowa State is better or Iowa is better, that game is always a coin flip. You look at the road schedule in the Big 12. Oklahoma on the road, that's tough. But even if you look at the rest of that road schedule, trips to Baylor, Kansas State, and West Virginia are tricky games for anybody. So I think those are there's potential for a loss there. I think that they could beat Texas at home, but I don't think it's a gimme. I think they could beat Oklahoma State at home, but I don't think that's a gimme. So when I go through this schedule, I see plenty of potential losses and I see plenty of potential wins. So every time I do the math, nine and three, 
is a lot more likely than 10 and 2. Over. Whoa. Look at this guy. What a moron. Um, <laughs> you mentioned those Texas and Oklahoma State games. I mm-hmm. think both of them being at home uh, probably helps Iowa State. And when we think about the Baylor and West Virginia trips, I'm less worried about an experienced team being shook by an intimidating road environment. And I understand we're talking about best season ever, and that's what I'm predicting, but I'm going to give you the Oklahoma loss. But then as I'm trying to like break the tie on some of these last decisions, uh, I need one of Texas and Oklahoma state plus Iowa. I'm giving them the win against Iowa. I think they're the better team. I think they're the more complete team. And so like, even if I'm wrong about the Iowa game, I think I'm still in it for 10 and two it's just harder to think that you're going to beat both Texas and Oklahoma state and not slip up anywhere else along the way. But the real pivot point for me, and it's going to come back because I got to stay true to my word when we go to the big 10 win totals. But the real pivot point for me is that I think Iowa state beats Iowa in that game. Um, and I, I think that that plus one, one of Texas and Oklahoma ends up getting me to 10 and two. So uh, plus with a little value plus 100 to the over minus 120 to the under, uh, I'll take uh, the over with the Cyclones. But but there, don't you have any kind of principle that says anytime the over would be the team's best season in history, I probably shouldn't take it? I think that Matt Campbell might be one of the best coaches in Iowa State football history, and I think we're already starting to see like more uh, AP top 25 appearances in the Matt Campbell era than daggum the last 10, 20 years. So to think that we are in unprecedented territory for Iowa State football, I I don't think that that is a reason to sway me from from betting on it because I'm still putting a ceiling on this team. Does Does anybody know who the winningest coach in Iowa State history is? Is it Jack Trice? As far as most Campbell? most wins, no. Gross. It is Dan McCarney, and he has a sub 50, 500 record. Who went 56 and 85? Yeah. So yeah, I'm on the I'm over. On, I'm on the I'm, under. Um, I I think. I think 10 and two is slightly more likely than eight and four for this team personally, um, which is why sometimes I tell you guys, Hey, there's a better, there's better odds elsewhere than, than Will Hill. Uh, personally, if I was going to take this over, I, there are several shops that are dealing nine flat uh, at minus dollar 30. That push protection is very key. If you want to go over in my opinion, because nine uh, really stands out as, as one of the outcomes in my numbers, where they're over 30% likelihood, right? So that's that's pretty key to have on your side. I would definitely not bet this over the nine and a half. Sorry, Chip, we have a disagreement there. And you may you may kick my ass on this. We'll, we'll see. Uh, I have, obviously, Iowa and Oklahoma are not games in which they're going to be, you know, favored by more than a touchdown. But honestly, I think they're single digits at best at Texas Tech, at Kansas State, at Baylor, hosting TCU, hosting Oklahoma State, at West Virginia and hosting Texas. I mean, that if, if you give them the Oklahoma loss, I just need them not to go, what, one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. I just need them not to go six and two or better against that stretch, right? I think five and three is pretty likely there in those eight games. Uh, I only have really, I think I have three locks for them. The rest are all potentially losable. They won't lose all of them, but they, they could, in theory, lose a game or two in that stretch. I'm going to take the under as well. Yes. Man, we just hate on Cyclones. Yes. I agree with all you guys. I was looking at losses, potential losses. I had Oklahoma, Texas, West Virginia, TCU. I did not have Texas Tech on there, but I think Bud brings up an interesting point about the spreads in those games are going to be closer than you think. I think in order for Iowa State to be 10 and 2 or better, you know, and be this darling team. And this goes back to Bud's formula with the blue chip ratio. If you don't have the blue chip ratio, the amount of four and five star to compete and be dominant like Oklahoma does, like Clemson does, like Ohio State has, what were the outliers? They had difference makers at quarterback, like somebody who was a Deshaun Watson. Wasn't he one of the outliers, Bud? I think his year with Clemson, they were at 50% or lower, like 49. The, the year where they narrowly lost Alabama the mm-hmm. first time, they were at like 48.8, I think. Uh, and right. the year they won it, they finally they, they finally snuck over it with with Watson. And but the team's, Mariota came really close against Ohio State. 
Yep. Like those are, those are difference making quarterbacks. And I think with a team that you're expecting 10 wins from as great as Brees Hall might be, but they had him last year and he was running all everybody. It was pretty pedestrian. I, I think he's a good quarterback. I just don't know if he's the type that can elevate them to a level where they don't lose more than two games. So I'm going to take the under as well. I also think it's interesting because they've had the five-star mentality, three-star player and that chip on their shoulder. It is different when people are starting to talk you up. And now all of a sudden you're not that underdog who nobody's given any credit for. They're going to be a trendy pick. They're going to be a trendy tweak week, week to week. They're going to be the favorite. So how long do you sell that message to your team? And I, I just think the more likely scenario is here is a nine and three season. Oh, so week to week, I might be on the other side. I agree with you mm-hmm. there. There's going to be like some uh, people are going to see some spreads and they're going to say like, oh, what the, the team that's number six in the country? No way. But I again, when I, we're talking about the win total, I'll fall back on the experience. I mean, they were one in four against the spread at home last year. Like you, they get the the big win, the splashy win. Everyone starts jumping on them. Their value is greatly inflated. So I. I'm with you on the week to week, but come on, clones, we can go ten and two. The other thing I would point out here is that Iowa State is an ex- is a supremely experienced team, which is great, right? Like you'd rather be experienced than, than inexperienced. But I, I have a theory for this year that that great experience is probably going to be more helpful early in the season rather than late, because obviously the later you go in the season, the more experienced all teams are getting because everybody's getting reps. That, that's sort of not speaking of the depth. Obviously, the, the depth is a bit of a different different question but Iowa State is going to be undefeated or one loss most likely through the first week of October right they open Northern Iowa Iowa at UNLV at Baylor host Kansas after that they have some really difficult spots they have to go they have to go to Manhattan Kansas which is not not an automatic dub they host Oklahoma State then they're at West Virginia then they, they host Texas then they have an incredible sandwich spot where they have to go travel to Lubbock in between the Texas and at Oklahoma games. And then on short rest, they have to come back home and play TCU, a team that I think is actually going to play for the Big 12 title. So, you know, like that, that is a really difficult final seven games there with uh, when, when is their bye before Kansas State. So they don't yeah. get a bye during that stretch. Like they got to play those seven games in a row. And Chip, going back to your week to week point. Just, just a little little note for our for our listeners here, just to keep in mind as we get to the season. Matt Campbell at Iowa State as an underdog is twenty and eleven against the spread. As a favorite, he's only sixteen, fifteen, and one. Ooh, and we're you gonna have a lot is. of favorites. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, they they play very slowly, and mm-hmm. they they don't have enough possessions oftentimes to blow people out. So it's it's kind of the Jimbo thing, right? Mm-hmm. Some sometimes he does the best against the spread when he's a little bit outgunned. Count him up. The Texas Longhorns, all gas, no break. Steve Sarkeesian taken over. Our over-under win total at the Caesar Sportsbook is at eight. And it's actually juiced a little bit to the under, plus 110 to the over, minus 130 to the under. There's some difficult non-cons here. We've got Louisiana and Arkansas, and then he's. they've also got Rice. The home draw is going to be uh, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, Kansas, and Kansas State. Pretty favorable. Then on the road, uh, TCU, Baylor, Iowa State, and West Virginia. And of course, you know, we point out the neutral against the Oklahoma Sooners. So which way well, is, is it is it gonna be seven and five or nine and three? Which one is more likely when we look at year one for Steve Sarkeesian? Uh, which one do you think you're going to be picking right here? Why'd you skip eight and four? Because it's the push. And when you have to make your decision. Okay, I'm looking at a seven and a half, sorry. Ooh. Yeah, I Wait, have seven on, and a half on Will Hill? book. No, I should I should have clarified that. Okay. Actually, because I that's you actually have you have now. a seven and a half? Yeah. Can you uh can you text me real fast? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm I'm very interested in seven and a half. That so is, it's uh, it's the Caesars sports book uh officially. We got we had a big relaunch rebrand uh, over at Billy Hill this week. Um but the yes, the the numbers that we are using are the Caesar Sportsbook by William Hill, and the Caesar's number that I pulled this morning was at eight, juiced a little bit to the under. So, so would you say that the Caesar's Sportsbook crossed the Rubicon, and now there's no more William Hill? <laughs> Jokes. Have we updated the branding on that officially yet? I got a style note about it. Okay. Yeah. So which way are we going? Well, I think I know which way Danny and Bud are going. They're looking for that over. 
They're looking for the seven and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Because eight and four sounds like a good answer. Yeah. There's one, there is, there's not a three and oh non-con performance. That would be the biggest stunner for me. If you go Louisiana, Arkansas and rice and uh, I I think three, and oh is very much in play there. I'm going over. Okay. Because I I do think nine and three is more likely than seven, five. Because I I think the thing about that Louisiana game is we all know how good that team is. And we all know that they've got everybody coming back, but Texas knows that too. So I, I feel like in a situation last year, where Louisiana went and beat Iowa State, it was kind of a, first of all, I can't remember what the win expectancy was on that game, but I'm pretty sure Iowa State was expected to win that game most of the time. Like the Cajuns had a couple of special teams touchdowns and some stuff that kind of flipped it, but they also kind of caught you off guard because you didn't realize how good that team was. Texas knows how good this team is. Steve Sarkeesian knows this is going to be my first game as coach of this team. He's going to want his team ready. He's going to want to win the game. I think Texas is probably going to win that game, although Louisiana is very much capable of knocking him off. I don't think Arkansas on the road is going to be too big of a deal for him because Arkansas, I think, last year was much better than we anticipated, but I still don't think it's at quite at Texas level yet. And then Rice is Rice. That should be a win. So I see them going 3-0 in non-con. So now the, the question becomes is can they go 6-3 and in conference? Yeah. I mean, I, I think they're probably going to lose that Oklahoma game. I think that Iowa State game on the road is tough, but I, they do get Oklahoma State at home. They get Kansas and Kansas State at home. Those are wins. The West Virginia Baylor kind of on the road is tricky, but I think that they probably win that Baylor game. West Virginia is more tricky. TCU on the road, somewhat tricky, but it's also early in the season. And I feel like that's kind of working to Texas's benefit too, is where I feel like their schedule's kind of front loaded. Because they get Louisiana, TCU, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State all within their first seven games before they're by. And then the last five has that road trip to Iowa State, but it's also Baylor, Kansas, West Virginia, and Kansas State, which isn't a murderer's row as far as, you know, the typical Big 12 schedule that everybody plays. So I think eight and four is most likely. I think nine and three is more likely than seven and five. I'm going under. I'm having a hard time feeling really good about nine and three coming in here for a team and a locker room that uh, a program that has only gone over seven regular season wins once under Tom Herman. So, you know, we talk about the unprecedented stuff. I understand I'm talking on the other side of the exact same point, but if I was just to go to the the roster that's here, I think it is a, like a, within a field goal of Oklahoma state. I think it's probably within a touchdown of TCU and that's ahead. And I think it's slightly behind an Iowa state and markedly behind an Oklahoma. So with the probably one loss coming in non-con now, all of a sudden I'm, I'm moving on to that six and three note that you were pointing to, um, you know, Oklahoma is a game that I could see them winning, but for the purposes of this, I have to chalk it up as a little bit of a loss. And then having the games where Texas would be, a really big favorite, Kansas, Kansas State, Texas Tech, having those be at home is going to make for a, a great, great donor day, you know? I mean, just a, just a really good Saturday for everybody who's coming in. You're going to invite Greg Sankey to one of those games because, you know, Texas will look really impressive and he'll have a good time. Corona will be sponsoring some free concert going on outside the stadium. But that means that when you're going on the road to games that are going to be a little bit more competitive, your Iowa state, your TCU, I think that those could end up being losses. So with eight, uh, right there, I am actually going eight and four sounds likely, but I will be on the under for Texas. I'll take the over. You heard me saying like I was salivating at seven and a half saying, give me the over. I do think eight and four is probably the most likely outcome, but I look at this team, so I'm torn on this one when you look at the way things unfolded last year because they were in every game, lost in four overtimes to Oklahoma, lost to Iowa State, and I've referenced these here on here several times, lost to Iowa State in a game that they dominated except for the last four to four minutes of the game when they got outcoached, and they lost to TCU by two. But they also beat Oklahoma State in overtime. They also beat Texas Tech in overtime, teams that they played down to. And Sam Ellinger was a big part of that. But now Sam Ellinger's gone. I think Steve Sarkeesian is a better coach than Tom Herman. And if I look at track record of coaches who have been able to come in with offensive minds, I think he's going to maximize what they get on the offensive side of the ball. 
I like the staff he's assembled. I like his new defensive coordinator. I'm buying the all gas, no breaks, and I'm buying this roster is pretty talented. I think he's inheriting a good situation. So give me the over. So this is really not a, not a play for me at eight. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take the over. I think they have difference maker talents in, in Bijan Robinson. I'm confident that they can get above like above league average quarterback play with either Casey Thompson, who was really good in the bowl game, albeit against a kind of a shorthanded Colorado team, you know, or Hudson Card, who I know the Tom Herman staff uh, was was very high on. I have some questions about their pass rush. I think against the run, they they should be pretty good. Obviously, it is important to be able to you know, stop the pass in the Big Twelve. But you know, look, you you get you get Pete Kwiatkowski, who was at Washington. Uh, they did a tremendous job with a lot of those high flying offenses in the Pac-12. I think he should be a good DC hire for them. And for me, when I have a coin flip type situation, I'm just going to look at the odds here. I think this is pretty coin flippy at the number eight and uh, plus one ten to the over. I'd rather just go ahead and roll the dice with with the plus money. How many games? Also, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, I, if this Louisiana Lafayette number keeps dropping, I'm going to bet Texas. Like if this gets down to like a touchdown, give me, give me the Longhorns Mm. at 14, you know, at 12, I I could see taking Louisiana Lafayette for Mm. value, Mm. but this keeps dropping, man. Mm. You and your numbers. Yeah, you know what my eyes and my heart have told me? This Texas team has <laughs> lost to Maryland twice in these kind of spots. It's true. They've got the, in their brain, they've got this experience. They don't they don't pull back on the experience of like, you know what we do as Texas Longhorns in the first week of the season? We blow this team out. We show them that we're Texas. It's like, no, we we show up, we get hit in the mouth, we stumble a little bit, we like try to climb back into the game and we end up tripping over ourselves late. I love this Texas hater. team. I don't know why I'm the only hater out here, but I uh, I think that that Louisiana game could be a loss, but I understand your value without a doubt. How many games are going to win this fall? Now moving on to the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Over-under win total set at 7.5, minus 110 to either side. Or non-con, Missouri State. Oh, that's Bobby Petrino, right? Still? Mm-hmm. Oh, heck yes. Uh, so we'll be on the over, uh, Missouri state, Tulsa and Boise state with, a, I mean, that's a trip out to the Smurf turf, the way that I'm looking at it right now. Um, not easy, but we'll see where Andy Avalos has the Broncos at that point. Once we get into the big 12 play, they've got a, a five home game, four road game split, uh, Kansas state, Baylor, Kansas, TCU, and Oklahoma are all going to be at home on the road. We've got Texas. Iowa State, West Virginia, Texas Tech. Uh, you don't have Tylen Wallace. Obviously, we uh, have some more turnover on the offensive side. Spencer Sanders is back. Defense, I think, was pretty good last year. And a lot of those players uh, are back for the Cowboys. And I think that it's one of those weird twists where we always associate Mike Gundy with um, you know, him being an offensive mind and Oklahoma state having really productive offenses, but some of the reasons that Oklahoma state was successful last season, and maybe even a little bit near the end of 2019 was the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and jump out the gate first with this one. I've got Oklahoma state as an over. I kind of look at the, the Mike Gundy history and think that Oklahoma state just gets out there, suits up, plays ball and wins six games. So now I got to start finding those ones that are going to be uh, the spots where they're going to be able to uh, take this thing to eight and four. And uh, again, I, I mentioned it earlier. I think that this is a, a group that is probably a little bit maybe better than TCU as TCU is a little bit more unproven on the defensive side of the ball. But I've got Oklahoma State way ahead of West Virginia, Baylor, Texas Tech, Kansas State, and Kansas. So with those five games being wins for the Cowboys, um, I'm going to take the over. I'm with you, although I'm not like highly confident. I, I do think that defensively, this is a Cowboys team that was very strong last year, like you said, and I think that helps give them somewhat of a floor for me being able to keep the bottom falling out. But I also do think this is a team that could be, you know, could be kind of a chaosy kind of team from one week to the next. I feel I, I just there's I, I do wonder if the <laughs> there's there's a chance for the things bottoming out i just feel like I, even though i do think the defense will 
kind of give them a decent floor. But like you look at that schedule, the non-con shouldn't be a problem. But Boise State on the road, that's tough. You get Texas and Iowa State both on the road in back-to-back weeks. You've got to play West Virginia on the road, which will be a tricky game. Like your most difficult games, the ones you're already going to have most trouble with are kind of at home as it is like that Oklahoma game and how many times has Oklahoma State ever actually beat Oklahoma we talk about that rivalry like it's a huge rivalry it's Oklahoma twice State under Mike Gundy the Mike yes. Gundy record I believe is 2-13 and 13. Lincoln Riley who just took over has more uh, Bedlam wins than uh, than Mike Gundy yeah, a lot like, can I, happen in Bedlam right Oklahoma yeah. can win small Oklahoma can win medium Oklahoma can win huge <laughs> yeah so like, <laughs> like the way I look at it is like Oklahoma 8-4 and four, is more likely than seven and five, which is more likely than six and six, but there's really not a huge gap between any of the three. I so you're feel going I, over. you're yeah, going over, bud. Barely. No, no, no. I, I, I'm just, just for record keeping. Just Tom, like, Tom, Tom is going over. <laughs> I'm going to go under. Um, I think these, I think this and TCU are both fascinating programs because they've both had. Three years, and last year was actually pretty good. Eight and three was pretty solid for Oklahoma State last year. But it's kind of like you wonder, is this a little downturn? And then it kind of gets back going towards closer to 10 wins, or is this like a trend? I think the same thing with TCU. TCU has been a little bit in a worse of a struggle, but is this just the downturn, or is this like the start of the end of two eras, which have been some of the better coaches in college football, even bigger than that, though, I think the schedule is brutal. I think Boise State on, like, and again, if you're going to play Oklahoma, you, you'd probably rather play them on the road in a year like this. You have West Virginia on the road, you have Texas on the road, you have Iowa State on the road, and Boise State on the road. So there's four games where maybe if you're home, it's a feel a little bit about them, but they're all on the road. Oklahoma's at home, but it doesn't matter where they play that game. I don't know. I, I feel more concerned about the schedule and the direction of the program. So I'm going to take the under. I, I really want to go under here. Um, most shops out there right now are dealing eight and at eight, I will bet the under because I, I, I get the push protection um, because we're using the, the, the Caesars lines. I'm going to have to go with the over because I feel like you're getting essentially a half win of value against the market consensus, which is eight, basically even money to both ways. Uh, in this example, we have seven and a half, even money both ways. I'm going to show deference to the market and go ahead and, and, and believe that the market is more correct than I am on this. But I think at eight, I would play under. Um, I don't like their road games, specifically having to go to Lubbock, having to go to Boise, having to go to West Virginia, having to go to Texas and Iowa State. I don't really like when a team gets Kansas at home because I, I feel like it's almost the opposite of the Clemson principle in the ACC. In the ACC, you'd rather get Clemson on the road unless you're actually a team that can win the conference. Uh, you know, so you get one of your losses out of the way. Here, I think you'd rather play Kansas uh, on the road because you want to have more favorable games at home, and they don't they don't have those. They also get Oklahoma at home, which they could play them on the moon, and they don't beat them. So. God, I cannot believe I'm going to do this, but I'm going to go ahead and take the over just because I, I do feel like this is just a, this is, I want to call it a stale line, but the rest of the market's at eight. No, but I mean, I want like eight and three. You even say it you're like, damn, Oklahoma state was eight and three last year. Almost don't even, don't even realize it, but um, I don't trust Spencer Sanders. Yeah. I, right. I have questions about their receiving core. I do think their offensive line got better as the season wore on, which was important because early on, Tulsa kind of whipped them up front. I was like, ooh, this is a red flag. You know, but I, I have to play over at seven and a half. Tulsa also had a good defensive front last year. Tulsa lost some dudes, man. I know. They lost mm-hmm. both those corners. They, lo- they lost David Collins. I mean, Tulsa was a weird G5 team, and like their, their defense was much better than their offense. And uh, the dudes who were real difference makers at that level, a lot of them are, are, are gone. Hey, you had that one year, Philip Montgomery. You were, you, you were able to break through. Congratulations. Uh, Danny just mentioned TCU, one of the most interesting teams to look at in the Big 12 this year. Uh, we will get into them, plus West Virginia, Baylor, Kansas State, Texas Tech, and Kansas next. Hello, everyone. It's Mike Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. 
The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. So we start uh, here as we continue to roll along with our Big 12 win totals. Uh, the TCU Horned Frogs uh, over under win total at Caesars set at seven and a half. Same number as Oklahoma State. Minus 115 to the over, minus 105 to the under. Our non-con is rub your eyes. Like, is, is this a Friday night in college basketball or is this a college football game? Duquesne in the house. Shout out. Uh, Duquesne, Cal, and SMU is our non-con draw for the Horned Frogs. Then they get Texas, West Virginia, Baylor, and Kansas at home, while five road games, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, and Iowa State. This note from uh, Ben Kercheval, pretty good. 23-22 and 22 in conference play over the last five seasons with just one eight-win season in that stretch. Over under seven and a half, will it be another? Give me the over here. I I, I feel good about this one. Um, I also think that you can find this at a couple places. You can take them plus 600 to make the Big 12 title game. If you like the over, you should probably like that even better, in, in, in my opinion. Uh, Max Duggan was a four-sport guy in high school. He was not one of these seven-on-seven seven dudes, so I've always thought he has real kind of like late career, late college career blossoming potential. And because he was what a baseball, track, football, and basketball, basketball or wrestling, one, one of the two. Uh, I, Iowa kid. Yeah. Like, like tough, really good athlete. I think, I think TCU has a chance to be explosive on offense. Um, I think they have a chance to clean up some of their kind of havoc allowed issues last year with all the TFLs and stuff they had. Remember, Duggan had that weird uh, surgery right before the season, which put his season in, in question. Definitely not a normal offseason for them. They do lose some guys at safety, but overall, I, I think this this defense should still be strong. I, I think that they are they belong in the conversation uh, as as the best. Excuse me, not the best, the, the second best team in the Big Twelve. So I'm I, I think TCU is going to have a nice year. Over. I've got five conference wins pretty comfortably, and I do think that they go 3-0 and in that non-con, but if they do slip up, I mean, I know Gary Patterson wants to beat Texas at home, you know, given the way everything's happened in the offseason. Maybe Oklahoma State on the road is a spot where TCU can get it, but uh, I, if 3-0 at the non-con, 5-4 and four or better in conference play, I'm right there with you. I think the high-end offensive talent, Quentin Johnson is another one who's just like a phenomenal big play explosive threat. The defensive side of the ball is my only question, which is why I think that this season is huge for how you feel about Gary Patterson and, and where this TCU program is going because it's a 500 program in Big 12 play. But if the defensive side of the ball takes a big step up, maybe we see – uh, another one of those years uh, like 2017 where, as you're discussing, bud, the Horn Frogs end up playing against Oklahoma for the Big 12 championship. So uh, give me that over. Mm. Daniel, where are you at? I'm torn on this one. I, I'm almost talking myself into the over. Like, listen to these guys. I had underwritten down, but it was one of those ones in pencil where I'm kind of like, I'm curious to see what you guys say. I'm going to stick with, I'm going to stick with the under. Um, I think the first, like the, the Duquesne is obviously it's got to be a win, but Cal SMU, Texas, like that three game stretch is going to be vital to the importance of this team's like year. How do they get off to a strong start? I don't think they're walkovers. I think they'll probably win them. But Texas is an interesting one. Then they go on the road to Texas Tech. I, 
I'm a little, are you, but are you worried at all about Sonny Cumbie leaving for Texas tech, like new coordinator with another quarterback who you felt. And I know they, they brought Meacham from within. So it's not like it's a new system, but I do wonder, and this, I think that's been a problem for TCU has been the turnover at quarterback. They've never had a great quarterback since, you know, in, in six or seven years during this downturn, they've had changeover at coordinators trying to figure it out. And like, here we are again. And I like Max Duggan a lot. And I think there's a chance he could burn me. Cause I think he could be a breakout player. I just, I don't, I got to see more. Like I, I get the optimism around the, the program and, and I just, I need to see more. So I'm going to take the under. I, I think that's fair, Danny. And that, that's kind of why I like them to make the conference title game even more than I like the win total. Cause if I'm right, I think I'm going to be really right. Yeah. I'm on the under with you, Danny. I think you're right. I'm actually com- pretty confident in it. Honestly, I just, I, I understand what, Bud, what you and Chip are saying about this team. And I understand why you're high on them. It's just, I, I don't feel the same way. Like you talk about explosive plays on offense. I don't see it. Like if, if you look at this team last year in the passing game, I don't think they were that explosive. I don't, I think they were probably below average and I like Max Duggan, but I don't know if he's an explosive quarterback. And I think that that's going to limit them. And I think defensively that team, it's, it's still sound in what it does, but I also feel like talent wise, they've lost quite a bit recently. Like they haven't really been up to the level that they were a few years ago, but the schedule is not a bear, but I do think that that non-con, I think Cal and SMU are going to be tricky games. I'm not just giving TCU the wins there because Cal's very tough defensively too. That's likely to be a low scoring, close game. SMU was a team that was very strong last year in the American, and it is a rivalry with TCU. So there's some, some of that to it. And then you get Texas right after that. So you've played like a lot of tough games in a row before then you go on the road for back-to-back games at Texas Tech at Oklahoma. So, I look at this team and I see six and six and seven and five both being more likely than eight and four. So I'm on the under. So for the that record, sounds like a show bet. When when I when I talk about explosiveness, I'm mostly looking at the talent. Where someone like Zach Evans didn't even start the season. You know, that's a five star running back, one of the top rated recruits in TCU history. I mean, he only had three games last season where he had double digit carries. Like it's it was very much a a work him in uh, type process for them. And I think that, you know, Quentin Johnston, that's another player who was a freshman last year. Uh, but, you know, Max Duggan had to shoulder a lot of it. I think that when I'm talking about explosiveness, I'm acknowledging that it wasn't there last year, but that the talent is there for it to be able to finally catch here in 2021. It was there last year in the run game. I just, it wasn't there in the past game. I, so I, I disagree a little bit. I, I'm not going to say that they were explosive last year, but they were much more explosive than they were consistent in the past Mm -hmm. game, I thought, right? So, like, Bill Connolly had them 30th in the country in passing explosiveness, but basically 105th in passing success rate, right? Which, you know, kind of strikes me as, okay, they could hit the big plays. They were not consistent at all. And that pairs pretty well with 122nd and Havoc rate allowed. Like, a lot of confusion was going on on offense, probably – with Duggan being out for a lot of the offseason. And they were also uh, bottom five in percentage of passes that came against man coverage. So I think people zoned the hell out of this team last year, and we're going to have to see if they can bust out of that. I I think they can. I think they'll have better play from their outside receivers. I, Tom, we should probably show bet this. How many show bets do we already have? I mean a couple, but uh, <laughs> we're going to need, we're gonna need a, a cover three historian, by the way, if you guys want to. Um, to, to bring one on so we can track all this stuff for us. That's a position that's open. Uh, yeah. It will pay you in merch. In, in cover, cover three coin. In yes. Co- yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, and crypto. <laughs> Our own crypto. Yeah. Mm. We need it. There we go. Count them up. The West Virginia Mountaineers over under win total set at six and a half. It is minus 130 to the over plus 110 to the under. The non-con has uh, Maryland, Long Island, and Virginia Tech. The home draw is Texas Tech, TCU, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and Texas. Then on the road, you've got Oklahoma, Baylor, TCU, Kansas State, and Kansas. Um, Six and a half, what are we going to do with Neil Brown and the Mountaineers? I'll keep it simple. 
because I'm a believer. You asked about Neil Brown. He's a big reason why I'm taking the over. I think he's building something special there. I think there's a culture that believes in him. I think those first three games are really interesting, uh, especially the Maryland one. Like you're going to have a really good sense of the direction of this program. And I'm concerned that Jared Deggie, you know, gets benched at halftime in their bowl game. Uh, I'm a little bit concerned about his development. I think he's going to have to improve from what we've seen last year, but Again, I'm a believer in Neil Brown and the culture he's building. And I think six and a half is a pretty low bar to set. So I'm going to take the over. I'm, I'm going over uh, because like they're literally playing the Long Island University. Sharks. <laughs> it's, I'd never heard of Long Island University before. I looked at West Virginia's schedule and there it was. Uh, I, no, I, I'm going over. It's not super confident. I do think that this is a team that can get to seven wins in 2020. I don't think that this is a schedule with too much in the way. I mean, Maryland on the road won't be easy, but I think that's a game they can win. Long Island, they'll win. Virginia Tech at home, that's kind of a coin flippy kind of game. Oklahoma on the road, okay, screw it. But, you know, they get Iowa State at home. They get Oklahoma State at home. They get Texas at home. They're going to pull off a win in at least one of those. They might get two of them. So I, I like seven and five. I like West Virginia over. You have okay. You don't have to go over. I think you should go over at this number. Um, again, this is an opportunity for you to bet at Caesars. Caesars, please sponsor us even more than you already do because I'm telling people to go bet at Caesars right now. Again, the market consensus consensus price for West Virginia is seven minus a dollar five to the over. You're getting six and a half minus a dollar thirty to the over. I guarantee you, if you run the math on this. A half win is worth a hell of a lot more than the 25 cents you're paying. You're probably getting a discount of about 25 cents, which is a really big deal when it comes to you know American-style odds. So for me, it's the over. Uh, now for the actual football reasons. I'm a little bit concerned about this defense, right? They lost some true impact guys. I don't like all the dudes transferring out in the secondary. and Especially I don't like it because, I mean, they like Jaleel is – probably going to start at Georgia. Like like for Georgia, one of the best damn teams in the country, a team that I bet for the national title, to be like, yeah, I want that dude on West Virginia's defense. The odds that West Virginia has somebody to step up for him is rather low. But I'm going to bet that the offensive improvement for the Mountaineers will somewhat outpace the defensive decline that I'm expecting. And So for that reason, in addition to the fact this is an incredible price from, from, from uh, Caesars William Hill, take the over. I did not take a single math co- class in college. AP stat score got me so that I could set foot uh, in Chapel Hill and get out of there with a diploma in four-ish plus some years and not have to take one single math class. So I don't even know about the math. I'm going to tell you this is an under. This is under six and a half. And I, I don't want to turn this into something that we're going to get into in the Big Ten East, but I think Maryland is fascinating. That is one of those teams that I've flagged. I mentioned this on a previous podcast, pulling from lots of different power ratings, trying to compare them, trying to get some averages. Um, People are all over the place on the Terps this year, and that is a tough game. You're right, Danny. Like Maryland and Virginia Tech and the non-con, that – those could be two losses for a team that I think is pretty good. The other piece of this is that I think um, it's unfortunate. We've – in the Big 12, we're able to really get into the home and road splits because there's no conference imbalance. That's all we can find. Baylor, Kansas State, and Kansas are teams that I have rated below West Virginia, but all those are road games, you know? And so I think that that is a little bit of a unfortunate break where you're really asking them to be able to go and and get some teams. You're really banking on um, you're really banking on that home environment to be something that can be a difference maker. So I'm uh, I don't think this is a bad team at all. I think the non-con has comparable opponents with losable games and their most winnable games are on the road. So at six and a half, I'm going to go under. Count them up! The Baylor Bears over under win total set at five and a half over at plus 105, under at minus 125. The non-con has Texas State, Texas Southern, and BYU Uh, At home, you've got Iowa State, West Virginia, Texas, Oklahoma, and Texas Tech coming to Waco. We go Kansas, Oklahoma State, TCU, and Kansas State on the road. 
Jerry Bohan and Jacob Zeno. I don't know if anybody is going to saddle up to one of those as who you think will be the starting quarterback or, you know, what kind of difference it would be to me the biggest changes on the sidelines or more specifically up in the press box where now we've got Jeff Grimes coming in and uh, taking over as the new offensive coordinator. So where are we going with year two, Dave Aranda, the offense was bad. So got Larry Fedora out of there, you know, went and made the Jeff Grimes hire Uh, defensively. I thought they played better near the end of the season, but um, you still got to be able to score to win games in the big 12 what is the confidence in the Bears? What are we doing with five and a half? I'm I took the over. I've got him at six and six, but there is very little confidence in that. Like it's they could be five and seven just as easily as they could be six and six. Hell, they could be four and eight or seven and five. My concern here, though, is what you just mentioned. Like offensively, this was just it's it's not even that it was bad. It was just it was extremely conservative. I think that Dave Aranda with some of like going forward and punting decisions is extremely conservative. He's a defensive coordinator who, you know, approaches his team from that kind of angle, which we've gone over many times. I think the Grimes hire could be good. I think it'll be interesting to see what kind of, you know, leeway he gets with the offense and what they're looking to do and what they're able to do. But I just still don't think that he's going to come in and this Baylor offense is suddenly going to be explosive because this was, nothing close to an explosive offense last season. And I think that's going to limit them. And I just don't know if defensively they're as good as Dave Aranda wants them to be, or probably would need them to be to get to seven, eight wins. So I do think six and six is slightly more possible than five and seven, but I'm not playing it. I would play it lightly to the over. I wouldn't, wouldn't hammer it because you're getting plus money at, at, at plus one Oh five. I echo all of Tom's points. I have major concerns about Dave Aranda as a head coach. Uh, if he continues to coach in year two like he did in year one, I'm going to fade him like until he's fired. Uh, I don't think their talent is all that good, to be honest, at Baylor. Uh, but I do like that one of their road games is Kansas. That's that's not a game that I believe they'll lose. I mean, they, they pounded Kansas last year and beat them by 34 points. Um, yeah. I do think this was a true... New coach situation last year. They had a ton of COVID issues. Ton of COVID. Not necessarily, <clears throat> not necessarily on their own team, but like all their opponents kept getting COVID and having games canceled. That was very weird. They have some decent returning experience, even though I don't love the talent. Um, I, I this is just kind of a the, the other thing. I'll, I'll I'll give Ken Barkley um some credit on this. He's noted that teams that are lined at five and a half go over in the last like six or seven years at like a 75% clip. So so you have to have like a real reason to go under, right? And I I guess Dave Aranda could be that reason, but I'm not convinced he's a bad coach yet. I want to see a little bit more, um, you know, so I'm going to go ahead and take the over. I'm going to take the under. I don't love it. Similar to you guys, you guys mentioned Jeff Grimes coming in when he turned around BYU, it wasn't a quick turnaround. It was gradual. Right. And also, by the way, what did he have number two overall player in the NFL draft? I don't see a Zach Wilson type player on this Baylor team just yet. I'm a little more concerned. And part of this is personal too. Cause last year I was like, man, give Dave Rand a chance. The wind totals think it was like three and a half last year. I was like, they could get the over whatever it was. And it just kind of went sideways. It went the wrong direction. So I need to see a little bit more of a turnaround. So I'm a little bit and and in a, in a conference, one of you guys mentioned this, you need to win with offense. I think the offense is going to take some time to get up to speed where they can, you know, win some of these closer games with offense. So give me the under. I'm on the over and, uh, and I, I'll just go ahead and pinpoint. So like I was on the under for West Virginia and West Virginia is one of my pivot games here because the way I've identified it is I need to, for Baylor to get to six. I need two of West Virginia, Kansas state BYU. And I, I don't know whether to love Jeff Grimes going against his own team or to hate it. Right. Like, I don't know if there's any competitive advantage there. Maybe it's nothing like maybe it's a, a total wash with all the changeover of personnel. But in general, uh, I'm going to think that they can get two of West Virginia, Kansas State and BYU might be Kansas State, BYU, BYU and West Virginia, West Virginia, Kansas State. We'll see. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and buy on this one and I'll be going over the five and a half. How many games are going to win this fall? 
Kansas State over under win total set at five and a half, minus 130 to the over, plus 110 to the under. Stanford, Southern Illinois, Nevada in the non con. Your home draw is Oklahoma State, Iowa State, TCU, West Virginia, and Baylor. Four road games in conference play Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Kansas, and Texas. You know, like you look at this Kansas State team, and on the offensive side, like Skylar Thompson, Deuce Vaughn, love this squad. Defensively, I feel like we've got a lot of holes to replace. You know, Wyatt Hubert, Drew Wiley, sacks, tackles for loss, uh, real difference-making on the defensive side, gone. So, you know, hopefully that program, which, you know, obviously relies a lot on junior college transfers, development within the program, that they might be looking to have those replacements ready. So at five and a half, I'll go ahead and jump out with this one. I'm going under. I don't love it. Uh, They might need to be five and four in conference play instead of four and five. Um, just depending on how you feel about the Stanford game, how you feel about the Nevada game. I think that those each could be losses, but uh, I will say this for Kansas state fans. I love Kansas state as a chaos team for having Oklahoma, Iowa state and TCU all coming to Manhattan. I think Kansas state could be more fun as someone to disrupt the big 12 conference championship than a dark horse to get into the race. So don't love it, but I lean towards the under five and a half. See, this is my favorite play in the Big 12 that we're doing today. I'm on the over. Yep. And I, I think this is going, I think they're going to clear it pretty easily. I, I think that what we have to realize, like Chip, you mentioned Skylar Thompson. Skylar Thompson's back. Skylar Thompson missed most of last season. Will Howard came in, took over for him. And no disrespect to the freshman Will Howard, but he wasn't Skylar Thompson. He barely completed over half his passes. He threw more interceptions and touchdowns. He averaged only seven yards per attempt. Skylar Thompson is a super senior who is much better and has much more explosive qualities to his game. And then you pair him with Deuce Fawn. I think that is going to bring a quality to the Kansas State offense that just wasn't there last year and more consistency by far. So while I do have some concerns about them on the defensive side of the ball, I also think they're probably going to be solid because they have been solid defensively forever. So I think that they kind of have a decent idea of what they're doing there. So this team only needs to get to a bowl game for me to win this bet. Oh, I love it. Give me the over. Same. I think this is a program and it's not only Skylar Thompson. They had five other seniors come back to campus. Like, and it's what you would expect from a program like this, right? Not a ton of NFL talent depth on the roster. So you have an opportunity to come back for one more swing at the fences, right? Let's come back and see if we can get the band together and do something special. They were four and one last year. I know they lost to Arkansas State, and that was ugly and that was embarrassing. But after that, and they had knocked off Oklahoma, they were in position. And then it kind of all fell apart. And a large part was because Skylar Thompson got hurt. And I know he got hurt earlier than that. But once you like you're piecemealing things together and then it falls apart, you don't have a quarterback and you start rolling through some guys, then you're screwed, right? And that's what I felt happened last year with Kansas State. I think this is the type of program that really benefits from an extra year of COVID eligibility and a climate of, hey, chips on our shoulder. We got to go out there. We're going we're to surprise some people. And, oh, by the way, we were really good last year. And I think Skylar Thompson, with 30 starts under his belt, is the type of quarterback who can make a massive difference uh, in putting this team over the total here. I'm also taking the over here. Um, nice. I totally agree with the Skylar Thompson points. Will Howard was was terrible. Well, I don't want to just bag on a college kid, but I mean, his adjusted net yards per attempt were under five. Like they, uh, he had a, t- a quarterback rating of twenty eight against man coverage and thirty three against zone. So you could just play, you know, grab bag as a defensive coordinator, and they they couldn't do a damn thing. It it um, wasn't pretty. No, like it really. I this is similar in some ways, except more exaggerated to my NC State handicap right where I think you have to factor in the likelihood that Devin Leary plays most of the games for NC state. Uh, I mean, Scott Thompson's much, much better. I, I think this is a, a strong play as well. I, I, I agree with Tom and this has been going up by the way. Uh, like you could get this at one fifteen about two weeks ago. Some places are already dealing like minus one fifty to the over. This could hit six. Uh, so if you want this, I would take this about as soon as you hear, hear this episode. Count them up. I love being the Maverick against you guys in this one. Big it's happening 12. a lot in this in this show today. It I think I, I feel like it's me, Danny, and Bud on one side, and then Chip on the other side. Like, nah, <laughs> screw you. Well, idiots. I'm picking nine overs. <laughs> 
Yeah, so you do have some wild picks. I don't know. I just there's I, something about the Big Twelve that makes me happy, feeling like I've got sure. all, all the odds against me. Just two guns back against the wall, ready to go out one way or another. All right, Texas Tech four and a half uh, over. Whew, this one. Speaking of movement, uh, this one's at minus one forty five to the over right now. Plus 125 to the under. Non-con is Houston, Stephen F. Austin, and FIU. You got TCU, Kansas State, Iowa State, Oklahoma State at home. Texas, West Virginia, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Baylor on the road. Tyler Shuck comes in from Oregon. Matt Wells does not have a winning record against conference opponents. This is a... this is not a hot seat, but man, this does feel like a little bit of a, a pressure applied year where if Texas Tech fans uh, are going to be looking at this football team and hoping to see some steps forward, four and a half, we're not even asking them to get to a bowl game. Uh, do we? Which way are we going on this for the over or the under? I'm, I'm not super confident in this, but I'm just barely edging them to the over but again it's it's not a very high level of confidence i don't really know what to expect from this team just yet i think that defensively there are still some issues i think that offensively there are still some issues and you look at that non-con that houston to open is going to be tough i think that they could easily lose that game Stephen f austin should be a win fiu should be a win but when you get into the conference play texas is on the road west virginia is on the road kansas is on the road oklahoma is on the road like you're probably losing all those games so except for the Kansas. But you do have a somewhat manageable schedule but at home with TCU, Kansas State, Iowa State, Oklahoma State. Those are games that I feel like you can compete in and getting them at home is to your benefit because it does increase your chances to win them ever so slightly. So I don't think this is going to be a great season for Texas Tech, but if the total's at, what, four and a half? I mean, they can get to five and seven. They might even get to a bowl game. So it's not a, it's not a half to play for me, but I, I'm leaning over. Did I? Long over here. Oh, yeah. sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say ditto. I think the non-conference is huge. I think that you say the Houston game is tricky. I think that my brain wants to say, oh, Houston's got that. But really digging into the the numbers and looking at what I'm, how I feel about that game right now, I, I think that the Houston game, I call it like a winnable game. Like Texas Tech should be able to go and win that game. If they do, then you throw in Kansas to get to four and you just need one more. Maybe that Kansas State game at home is probably uh, the one you would circle. TCU or Oklahoma State would be an upset. I, I think they can do it. So I'm, I'm on the over as well. Do you realize I have a book here that I'm looking at that has it at five and a half and it's juiced minus 130 to the over? <laughs> like that, that's one where you look at it and you're like, okay, what's going on here? I do think Matt Wells is in trouble, um, but I do think like, the, like why? They haven't had a winning season since 2015. Like, it's not like the program's been great. It's been since the Mike Leach era where really it was relevant even. But I think, I think the Tyler Shuck thing is really interesting because I cannot wait to see what he does. I think, like, but why did he leave Oregon? Because Oregon's in a national title hunt. Like, was he going to lose his job? And clearly it looked to be that way. But I still think Tyler Shuck is going to be pretty good. I think it would be an upgraded quarterback. Sonny Cumbie, by the way, who we mentioned leaving TCU, is now there. So they're sort of bringing back an air raid Mike Leach tie-in for some feel-good around the boosters, I'm sure, and to keep you know some of the fans happy. But I think four and a half wins is one of those ones you have to jump on if you can find it and take the over. So I'm going to do just that. Over for sure. Uh, basically as strong as my Kansas State play. Again, uh, as Danny noted, I mean, this is th- this is a number that you should hit now because I don't think this is going to last that much longer. How many games are going to win this fall? Is the question for the Kansas Jayhawks. Will it be one? Will it be two? And will that's it be zero. The, or will it be zero? <laughs> and that is the end of our conversation as it pertains to the win total. Uh, Non-con, South Dakota, Coastal Carolina, Duke. Uh, at home, they get Baylor, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Kansas State, TCU, West Virginia. Uh, on the road, they get Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Texas, and TCU. Over under win total of one and a half, plus 160 to the over, minus 190 to the under. 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 I mean, like when you go through it, what's – I feel like the good part of this is we should know by October because 
unless Kansas wins two of its first four games against South Dakota at Coastal, Baylor, and at Duke, and I'm looking at, I think, South Dakota, I'll give them credit for that. You're going to start 1-0, we hope. That's, good, good, at, that's a good program. Yeah. Coastal beat you at home last year. Now you've got to go on the road and beat a Coastal team that has the same quarterback, that's got a lot of returning players. That's not a bad team. Duke on the road. I don't think any of us are super high on Duke, but it is a road game at Duke, and you've got a new coach who's coming in and has is probably going to try to completely overhaul the program. So I don't know if it's there. And then when you get to the rest of conference play, it's like what's the game on that conference schedule where you can willingly talk yourself into saying, oh, yeah, Kansas can win that game. I don't see it. I think they're two touchdown underdogs against every conference opponent on a neutral field. Minimum. Like, yeah, like t- Texas Tech at home for homecoming is probably the most winnable game, but like, is that even winnable? I Not with how I feel about Texas Tech. <laughs> Give me the under. It's just begging you to take the over, to take that sucker bet, to say there's got to be. There are two wins on them. There's got to be. They have to be. I like Lance Leipold for the future. But not for this year. I think he's got to recruit. He's got and think about the timing of all this too. Like didn't even get a spring, didn't get any. Like this is a program that is a complete mess. Long term, I think it'll stabilize somewhat, but it's going to take a long time. And I think this year is going to be that baseline, clear it out. Here's the low floor, weed out some of the players on the team that don't want to be there. Like, don't forget, there was just that the report that came out not that long ago about the craziness that was unfolding. I, what, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. I think it was on vacation when that came out. Um, it's just a program that's a mess right now. So I'm going to take the under. What, what do I have to pay to go under here? 180, 190, 200? Yeah, 190, something. yeah. Jesus. Oh, man. I cannot <laughs> and you believe still can't gonna... talk yourself into the <laughs> over, though, can you? I mean, yeah, but like... Oh, boy. <laughs> Mm. All right. To be clear, this is not, not, not something I want to bet at all. Uh, Like I would not lay basically minus 200 to go under in my personal bets. But I think you guys' points about, you know, them, like, can they beat Duke? I picked Duke in that game. Like I I picked this as a Duke win when we did the ACC Coastal win totals. Yeah. And I I went over on Duke. Um, so I really don't give them much of a shot to beat Duke. Like I know FPI and SP plus give them like a 33% chance to beat Duke. And I don't think that lines up with the reality of the situation. I, man, uh, they do get Kansas state and Texas tech and West Virginia at home. So like they get the right teams on the road kind of, but I, ugh. Screw it. I'll, it. I'll lay it. Give, give, give me the under. I, I really didn't think I was going to do that, but I, <laughs> whatever. Um, hey, midnight. All right. So I did not take nine overs. So yeah, yeah, we took, we took eight overs. I took eight overs, not yeah, nine. Instead yeah. of nine. Uh, he is Bud Elliott. You can follow him at Bud Elliott three. You can follow him at Tom Fernell. You can follow him at Danny Cannell. You can follow me at chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, 10 teams in 67 minutes. Thank you very much. Thank you. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.